Hey, welcome to another episode of Retirement Made Simple, a podcast dedicated to helping a million people retire without worry. I'm your host, Kevin Lum. And so today, what I want to talk about is where can you put your money um, that will have a higher yield? Uh, The problem is right now, even with interest rates going up, a lot of banks are still offering pathetic um, returns. And so what I want to do is I want to walk through three different places that I've often recommended clients put their money. Um, None of these are perfect. And I'm going to kind of walk through the positives and negatives of each of these. Now, before I dive in, I need to give you a giant disclaimer. This is an investment advice. Before you make any investments, you should talk to a financial professional. So with that out of the way, let's dive in. Now, the first place you can park your cash is called an I-bond. A lot of you have probably already heard of this before. And at first glance, it almost sounds too good to be true. Currently, they're paying 9.6% interest, so almost 10% interest, and it's backed by the federal government. Honestly, there's not a safer place to put your money with a higher yield right now. Now, that's the good news. There are a few caveats, a few things you need to understand about I-bonds. First of all, they're not meant to be a place to park a ton of cash. Currently, you can only buy $10,000 in I-bonds per person per year. Also, you can buy another $10,000 if you have a living trust. So if you're a couple, you can put $20,000 between the two of you, and then you can put another $10,000 into a living trust. So $30,000. And then also, if you have kids, you can put I-bonds in the name of your kids. But then that gets a little bit complicated because the money is supposed to be used for their benefit. And then finally, you can also get $5,000 of your tax return back in a paper I-bond. But again, that's just a bit complicated. So for the average person or the average couple, you're going to be able to put twenty dollars to $30,000 into an I-bond. So that's the first issue. The second issue with an I-bond is that you have to leave the money in there for one year. So for one year, the money isn't liquid. It's stuck. Then after that, you're supposed to leave the money in an I-bond for five years. And if you take the money out before five years, then you have to give up one quarter of interest. So one, three months worth of interest. But honestly, if you're making 9% interest and you have to give up three months of that interest, it's not, it's still an incredible deal and more money than you're going to get from any other source. Now, there's one other thing you need to know about I-bonds. They're inflation protected bonds. So the idea is they're supposed to protect your money from inflation. But that means that the interest rate you're receiving is is pegged to the rate of inflation and that interest rate resets every six months. So every May and every November, the interest rate resets. So it started the year at 7.6%. Now they pay 9.6%. And in a few months or in November, it's going to reset again, pegged to inflation. So that means that if the rate of inflation comes down, the amount that then I-bond pays is going to come down as well. Now, you're not going to lose any money if the rate resets, but you could earn a little bit less. And if it's you could reset during your first year and say you're getting 9% and it's been six months and all of a sudden it reset, inflation collapses and it could reset to say 5% interest or whatever it might be and your money would be stuck. Honestly, this is minor. I still think I-bonds are an incredible investment and something that I recommend to all of my clients. So that's the first place. One other thing I should mention on I-bonds is that the interest that you earn, you have to pay federal income tax on, but you don't have to pay state income tax on your profit, which is a big deal if you live in a high income tax state like California, like I do, or like New York. And so if you live in a high income tax state, not only do you get incredible interest from an I-bond, but also you don't have to pay any state tax on that income, although you do have to pay federal income tax. 
So honestly, it's a great place to park cash. You just can't. The problem is you can't park a ton of cash. So if you've got you maxed out your I bond, you can't put any more in. You put thirty thousand in, or whatever it might be for your family, and you're looking for another safe place to put additional cash, you might want to look at our second option. Now, the second place you can park your money is called a My Guaranteed Annuity. And my guaranteed annuities are essentially like a CD from your local bank. So if you know, like go to your local bank, you say, hey, I want a higher interest rate than what you're offering in a savings account. The banker will say, great, here's a CD. If you lock your money up for three years, we'll give you 2% interest. And it's offered, like I said, from a local bank. A my guaranteed annuity is a very similar product, but instead of being offered by a bank, it's offered by an insurance company. So you go to the insurance company and almost every insurance company will offer something similar to this or a lot of them will anyway. Uh, you go and you say, look, I, I want to, you know, I want a higher interest rate. And they'll say, great, give us your money for three years. We'll lock it up and in return, we'll pay you uh, an interest rate. But the thing is, the interest rate that insurance companies pay are significantly higher than the interest rates that local banks will pay. So right now, as of this recording in August of 2022, uh, you can get about on a three year lockup period, you can get 4.3%. If you lock up your money for five years, you can get 4.85%. You can also do a longer lockup period. But in our rising rate environment, I probably wouldn't do that right now because I think interest rates are going to continue to go up. So you don't want to lock yourself in. But a three year or five year get almost 5% interest that in our current environment, it's a pretty good deal. Some of you might be saying that sounds great, but what's the risk? So let me explain it this way. When you put money into your local bank, so you go down the street to First Community Bank and you put $100,000 into a CD. If the next week that bank goes out of business, the federal government will step in and make sure that you're made whole and that you don't lose any money up to a certain limit. So that bank has FDIC insurance, and that means up to $250,000, your money is covered. So the bank goes out of business, the government will say, you're fine, here's a check or however. Honestly, I've never been through that process, but you will get your money back. On a my guaranteed annuity, they're offered by insurance companies and insurance companies don't have FDIC insurance. So the first thing you want to do is just check the uh, you know insurance companies have a rating. You want to make sure they've been around for a while, make sure they have a decent rating. But the second thing you need to know is that while insurance companies aren't FDIC insured, there are each individual state, wherever the insurance company is located, that state has a uh, state guarantee fund. So if insurance companies go out of business, then that state guarantee fund will come in and make sure you're made whole up to a particular limit. Now, the problem is, FDIC insurance is the same no matter where it is, right? Every state in the country, it's federal insurance. And so you know what your limit is. It's $250,000. But the problem is, is that each state guarantee fund has a different limit. So if you're going to put a ton of cash into a My Guaranteed annuity, then you might want to look and see what is the state guarantee fund limit for your particular state. And there's actually a website that'll help you figure that out. And I'm going to put a link to that website in the show notes. And what some people do, if they have a ton of money that they need to put in a My Guaranteed Annuity, they'll spread it out between a few different insurance companies in a few different states, making sure that they have that coverage. So honestly, it's fairly risk-free as long as you pay attention to the state limits or state reimbursement limits for insurance companies. So you know, if you put all your money, you maxed out a, an I bond, the next probably highest place you can put money that's fairly safe and that's backed by a state guarantee is going to be into a My Guaranteed Annuity. And you want to see if you can find a My Guaranteed Annuity that's commission-free, because that will mean typically you'll be able to earn a higher rate of return. 
So there are two big drawbacks to the first two uh, options I just mentioned, the I-bond and the uh, My Guaranteed Annuity. The first option is they're just a little harder, to, or the first drawback is they're just a bit harder to purchase. So with an I-bond, you have to purchase it through a government treasure, or treasury.gov. And it's just kind of an old, antiquated, clunky website people have had trouble with. And with a My Guaranteed Annuity, you've got to purchase it through an insurance agent or a financial advisor. So that's the draw, the first drawback. The second drawback to both products is it's not super liquid. So with an I-bond, your money's locked up for a minimum of a year. And with the My Guaranteed Annuity, it, you know whatever you purchase, three years, five years, that money is going to be locked up. It's not overly liquid. So that's where this third product comes into place. And the third product is from BlackRock. It's their ETF division, iShares. And they have this really interesting new way to purchase bond funds with a specified maturity. So why would you want to do that? And to answer that question, I am going to step back in time and kind of talk about how bonds used to operate. If you've been you've been investing for a while, you probably already know this. I'm going to just give a high level overview. I'm probably going to miss something. I'm not trying to be comprehensive, but bear with me. So in the olden days, back before, you know, I don't know, ETFs and all the fun things we know of today, uh, bonds work this way. Let's say AT&T, we're going to use AT&T. AT&T does the bond offering. And so they offer bonds. Bonds typically have a par value, which is $1,000. So, you know, you give AT&T $1,000 and in return, AT&T will promise you that they're going to give you a coupon rate, essentially an interest rate of 5%. So you give them $1,000 and then each year, typically it's split into two payments um, biannual. They're going to pay a dividend, right? They're going to pay you some interest, um, 5% interest of the $1,000 par. You're going to get $50 a year split into two payments, 25 each from AT&T. Now, that bond also has a maturity date. So, it, you know, it's a five-year maturity date. So as long as you hold that, that bond to the end of the maturity period, five years, at the end of five years, AT&T, as long as they haven't defaulted or gone out of business, are going to say, hey, thank you so much. Here's your $1,000 back. And you both go on your way. You have your original $1,000 plus some interest. That's how it typically worked. Now, if you wanted to sell the bond before the maturity date, let's say two years in, you need some cash, you could sell it. But the problem would be is that bond prices are impacted by inflation. If inflation goes, or sorry, bond prices are impacted by their interest rates. So if interest rates go up, then the price of a bond is going to go down. So that par values, let's say it was 1000 if it interest rates go up, then that might only be worth 900. So you try to sell it early. Someone says, yeah, I'll give you $900 for that. On the other hand, if interest rates go down, then the bond, the value, the par value might actually be higher. So maybe it's not a thousand. Now it's $1,100. And as, but as long as you hold it to maturity, right, you're going to get back your par value, $1,000. So there's no risk. Now, the big issue with these old way of doing it was just a bit complicated because there was the, the main risk was that you had one company. Uh, each bond was one company. And so that company defaulted or went bankrupt, you would you'd lose out on everything. And so, you know, you'd want to own multiple different bonds and multiple different companies. And it just became kind of complicated to stay on top of it. And people would try to create bond ladders with bonds expiring in different years. And so then they created a bond fund and these started off as mutual funds and eventually they switched to ETFs and bond funds. You buy it the same way you buy stocks and you can go wherever Fidelity or wherever you buy it. And the problem is with bond funds or the, the benefit is it's really easy to get into and then the price fluctuates up and down because you have that price movement because that, you know, the par value is changing up and down. So you don't just have a, one company's bond. There's not just one dur fixed duration inside of there. And there's really not a, a a maturity point for that bond fund. So when you buy it, 
you know, you don't, that bond fund is not going to come mature on December 31st, 2022, or whatever it might be. And so that's why the price will fluctuate. Now, historically, over the past 10 years, recent history, bond funds have been great because interest rates kept going down. So bond funds kept going up. Now, as interest rates have begun to rise, bond funds begin to decrease. And so instead of being a great investment, people are like, I was told that bond funds were fixed income. I was expecting some fixed income. I was expecting some security. And and so people are like, why why did I why do we own a bond fund? And historically, bonds move, you know, will help provide some balance and will help uh, with volatility in your account. Um, But some people are like, I want a little to know, have a little more security. And so BlackRock has created this really interesting new product which essentially allows you to create a bond ladder. But instead of using individual bonds, you can use a bond fund with a fixed maturity date. So you can you know, buy a, a bond fund that's going to mature December you know, 31st, 2022. And you know that it, you know what the yield to maturity date is or the yield to maturity rate is. So as long as you hold that bond fund to 12, 31, 2022, you're going to get your full, the amount of money you put in, you're going to get it back. Plus you're going to get the yield to maturity rate, which is the current yield of that bond fund. Now, if you don't hold it to December 31st, 2022, then, you know, just like any other bond fund, the price can fluctuate up and down. And if you had to sell early, then you could end up losing some money. But what I like is that you can choose your your maturity date. So you could do some that mature in 2022, some that mature in 2023, 24, 25. And so you, you have just a little more understanding of exactly how much interest you should be able to depend on, what the yield is that you can depend on. And you also know that as long as I hold this to December 31st, 2022, I'm going to get back my initial investment. So you could still build a historic bond ladder, but instead of you buying individual bonds, you'll buy a fund of bonds. But each of these bond funds has a maturity date. So the bond fund is going to mature. So that means if you hold the bond to maturity, which is off at the end of December for whatever year, and I'll show you in a minute, that means you'll get back your initial investment, plus you'll receive an annualized return. So the first uh, option, you have treasuries, which treasuries um, are the safest place you can put your money. So let's just look at, you know, we're, we're assuming that we want this money sooner rather than later. So let's say you just, you want your money back by the end of uh, 2023. So as long as you hold it to the end of December 2023, you'll have an annualized return of 3%, just a little over 3%, and you'll get back your initial investment. Next up on the bond ladder, we have, or next up, we have municipal bonds. I'm going to leave this here. As you know, municipal bonds are offered by local municipalities. The big benefit of municipal bonds is the profit, the interest that they, they spit off um, is tax-free. And so you'll earn less with a municipal bond. Um, but depending on what tax bracket you're in, it could be worthwhile. And there's calculations that your financial advisor can help you make. But let's just pull this in to say 2024. And we can see here, if we hold it to the end of 2023, we'll make 1.65% annualized. Um, and that's the yield to maturity. If we hold it to the end of 2024, we'll make 1.69 and we'll get back our initial investment. So next let's go to corporate. Now corporate bonds, these are um, the higher, uh, higher rated corporate bonds. Um, so you, if you scroll down here, you can see what the exposure is. So you 56% is triple B. You have some triple A credit. Oh, government bonds are almost all triple A or federal government bonds. Um, and then you can see like what the, the breakdown of where the, the bonds are. So it's split off across a, a bunch of different bond funds or uh, companies rather. 
But let's look to the end of 2024 or 2025. So if you go to 2025, 3.82% is going to be the yield. If you go to 2024, 3.69. Again, as long as you hold to maturity, you, you'll know what your annualized yield will be and you'll get back your initial investment. Now, the highest interest rate you're going to receive is on high yield bonds. These are the riskiest companies. These are companies that have to pay more in interest because they have more credit risk. Same way if you have poor credit and you have a low FICO score and you go to get a car, they're going to charge you a higher interest rate than someone with a high, uh, high credit score because you're more of a risk. Same thing for companies that have credit risk, right? Maybe they aren't doing really well. And so buying an individual high yield bond is very risky. If you buy a high yield bond fund, you have less risk because the chances of all these companies defaulting and going bankrupt at the same time is fairly slim. Although, you know, it, depending on what the economic environment is, if the financial world fell apart, it could happen. But it is still much safer than buying an individual high yield bond. So you go scroll down here and you can see that, you know, 36% are triple B. You have some B rated, you have some triple C rated. Uh, bonds. Uh, so there is definitely more risk here. But if you look, if you go out to the, if you hold this to the end of 2024, you can make 7% interest. And this is really liquid. If you need to sell it, you can sell it. You can buy this on, you know, wherever you buy your stocks and bonds, you can buy this on Fidelity, buy this on E-Trade, TD Ameritrade, wherever you buy your stocks and bonds, you can um, purchase these. Now, the, the, the downside is if you don't hold it towards ma to maturity, it can fluctuate based on interest rates and whatever's going on up and down um, in the same way that any other bond fund can. But as long as you hold it to maturity, you receive your initial investment, plus you receive um, the annualized yield. So this is an interesting product to help um, provide um, a higher yield, um, but also with a with a bit less uh, with with a bit shorter duration than you're going to get in a typical bond fund because you'll know, look, if I just hold this for a year, I'm going to get back my initial investment, and it's just easier to buy than say buying an I bond or buying um, uh, a my guaranteed annuity. Okay, with that, I'm going to switch back over. Hey, thanks for watching. Uh, please leave a comment below if you enjoy this content. If you'd be willing to share this with your friends and your family, uh, click the like button and subscribe and. Uh, I will see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining me.